Revenge of the Nerds aired on Fox sometime in 1991. Let's put 24 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode that means the first show, in case you didn't know. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode number 29. My name is Chris Lantina and I am your host and I'm joined as always. He's looking for a fresh start on his first day of college. It's Grimes. (laughs) Yes, sir. In the building. (laughs) And a very special guest rejoins (laughs) us. He was on our Clerks episode, so you should recognize the voice. His name is Nick Spacek. Nick, welcome. Hi, guys. Hey. And, Nick, you are, of course, a writer at modern-final.com, the website that hosts this podcast, but you also have your own podcast. So what is your podcast called, and what is it about? It is called From and Inspired By, and it is about movie soundtracks and the people who make them. And my voice may be going out because I recorded my my most recent episode, <laughs> I think, about two hours before we did this. Now, when you say movie soundtracks, are you having, like composers come on are you just discussing soundtracks what are kind of what can people expect if they subscribe to your podcast they can get everything from uh because i talk about like soundtracks more than scores so i try to get like people on who have done songs for movie soundtracks uh i've talked with joe bean esposito writer of the greatest montage song ever (laughs) you're the best around Uh, (laughs) uh but i've also done stuff uh the last few episodes have featured like authors of some books about movies and the episode that will be most recent whenever this comes out is uh i'm i talked with david moore who wrote a book called the good the tough and the deadly which is all about action stars and action movies wow, from cool. the 1960s to present wow that's awesome and we talked um, about go ahead and we talked about over the top oh <laughs> That's great. Loses twice out of the eight. We're on these four I'm going through the gas to a funnel. We are continuing our unaired theme month and a little wrinkle in this. For the longest time, I didn't think Revenge of the Nerds ever made it to air, but it did. The pilot did make it to air once. It was immediately canceled. So you know what? I still think that counts for our unaired month. I don't think people assume this show was on TV at any point in time. But it was in 1991 on Fox. Of course, it is the adaptation of the feature film, which you said there was four Revenge of the Nerds films, right, Nick? Yes. Okay, so this, of course, is the adaptation of that original, of the good one of the four. (laughs) And let's get into some title talk right away. So... My big thing with this title sequence is that I think the Big Bang Theory copied it. Like, can we right? assume that there is like <laughs> yes. a direct correlation between this and that? The I Big felt Bang exactly the same way. The Big Bang Theory owes a debt of gratitude to this show. Like it's like especially in the well, especially to the movie, but especially in this theme song. Like, it's not only that they're both like upbeat. 
um, like synth driven tracks, but like literally the storyline is kind of the same. Like <laughs> the the Revenge of the Nerds song starts with the line from the Dawn of History. I don't know what the Big Bang Theory one starts with, but it literally the theme song is all about the Dawn of History. There is uh, multiple references to the evolution of man in both of the theme songs, and I know this because I made myself sit through the three minute full version of the bare naked ladies (laughs) (laughs) big bang theory theme today uh yeah so about this revenge of the nerd song one big bang theory copied it two it's incredible like it's crazy like how the theme song is definitely the best part of this episode definitely not just for kitsch value i think it's like an actual fun song that could work on an 80s early 90s sitcom Yeah, I can see that. Like, I like the fact that it has this sort of... Uh, it's an amazing amount of clips that they managed to fit into <laughs> yeah, that theme song. <laughs> despite only having had one yeah. episode. Yeah, they basically just show the, like, a trailer for the pilot. <laughs> they did, and I mean, they're... There, there are some, there are some good lines in there. There are babes are hard to find when you're legally blind. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. Uh, th- there's a few other funny ones. And th- another thing I wanted to point out with this title sequence is that it's not just clips from the episode, which is what you'd expect. It surprisingly includes clips of the cast members singing parts of the song, which I, I think his name is Lightfield Lewis. He was like the second guy. He looks like he has absolutely no interest in being in that CGI background. <laughs> he looks so fucking bored singing these words. It's ridiculous. He also looks 38 years old, by the way. He looks very old <laughs> yeah. in this series. How the fuck series. is he a freshman in college? <laughs> I felt exactly the same way that you did. Like The first time I heard it, I was just like, this is the Big Bang Theory. Like a solid like 20 years ahead of it. But I, I just couldn't help but think that i really do miss like that sort of like montage uh aspect of opening credit sequences mm-hmm. that we don't get anymore and i that just it, it made me very nostalgic really the, like the ones that still do it are i don't even know if like a lot of sitcoms do it like the big bang theory doesn't have clips from the show in their intro like i'm thinking like the office and like parks and recreation did that um, I don't really, and that was just like quick flashes, really. Yeah, maybe How I Met Your Mother, but mm. even that's not even like clips from the show. I'm thinking stuff like Bosom Buddies, like right? That's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm. That's what I want again. S- side note: Have you ever seen the Adam Scott? Um, yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> John Hamm, right? <laughs> yeah, the greatest event in television. I don't. I don't know if John Hamm's in the Bosom Buddies one. I think. That's, oh no. I think that's somebody else, but um, he's in the first one when they do. Oh, what do they do? Heart to heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we have this title sequence where the actors, some some a little more game than others, are singing along. And, like, the way they mix the voices is very strange. Like, a couple of the people, it sounds like their real voice, and then a couple of them, it just looks like they're mouthing it. 
So, like, even, like, the voices aren't really consistent. So, I mean, it's not, like, a really technically sound masterpiece in any way, but it is fun, and I think it's a good intro to what was supposed to be a comedy. But let's get into the actual show. So, as, as I said off-air, I've never seen this movie, right? But, but I think that's kind of cool. Like, I'm coming into it with a completely fresh perspective, and I get to look at it not with any of the movie knowledge, like, giving me any prior narrative information. So, I mean, how, how does this show, how does the start of this show relate to the start of the movie? Is it generally the same? Is it accelerated? What are we looking at here? It's like a condensed version of yeah. the part of the movie. It's, the, like, the entire movie's plot, obviously, isn't in this pilot, but it's definitely... Like, if you've seen the movie, you know kind of what the beats of the show are going to be within, like, a couple of minutes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the, the movie itself is, do they get kicked out of their dorm in the movie, too? Which we'll talk about the legality of the section yeah, in yeah. a second. The, yeah, they, they, they get do. kicked out? Okay. Same scenario, yeah, I believe. Okay, so what we have in the show is we have a fraternity whose house got shut down, right? Yep. Burned down? Uh, something? Yeah. In the movie, it burns down because they're blowing fireballs with Everclear. Okay, so they fuck up their house, and they, in response... Now, in the movie, do they take the nerd's house, or are they taking their dorms? Because I I thought it was weird that they burned down their frat house, or they lost their frat house, and then they come to the dorms to take random people's rooms? Well, because they're athletes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get that portion, but I'm saying just in terms of like space and their operations, why are they taking a dorm room? How do you sign up to live in a dorm and then it's subject to fraternity takeover <laughs> yeah, at I, any moment um, with the backing of the university, according to the lead jock there? Yeah, according to the lead jock. So, but And also, the I will say the dorm room is abnormally large so maybe it is like as big of a house because the way the set is set up is not like any dorm room i've ever seen in my entire uh, life either <laughs> <laughs> 10 by 10 concrete cube yeah that's that's what i stayed in i didn't have like it looked like they had a bathroom in there and like two big sides of the room like they were living pretty before they illegally pushed them out um so again we have this plot where the the jocks come in and they kick the nerds out and from there like that, that that seems like the start of something, but from there it just kind of spirals out of control and it becomes the worst pilot that we've ever discussed on this show. Like, <laughs> I agree. Grimes, I mean, what are what are just some of the aspects that are troubling, not just in the beginning, but what are some of the aspects you find troubling about the structure of this pilot? Well, the whole time I sat there thinking I was watching some kind of god-awful marriage of Saved by the Bell and Married with Children. Okay. <laughs> like they weren't really sure if they wanted to be like a network bullshit show or an edgy like Fox comedy. You know, the early 90s TV this was, was Fox, basically yeah. a toilet, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they just went for some like really crude shit. Um, you know, having that little 12 year old talk about that lady and, you know, like the breast jokes and shit like that. It just felt really weird 25 years later. Well, they don't treat women very well in this pilot at all. No, and I, you definitely, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, that wouldn't be allowed today. That <laughs> And not that it should be, or it's funny yeah, then or good now, reasons. but I'm saying, like, it's just very, it's a different world, and it's funny to look back. The only thing I got out of this was just, 
I mean, pure shtick value, like kitsch value, but it, mm-hmm. there was nothing good. Like, I, I was desperate to write down anything good, and the best I could come up with was the one funny line. Um, the RA dude says, like, even other white people don't want to be with you. That, that was the only <laughs> time I laughed, like a genuine laugh that wasn't a cringe or... You know, one joke in 24 minutes made me really laugh. That's pretty bad for a comedy. I would love to talk about the white people takeover of the black fraternity in a second, but Nick, <laughs> I, I want to hear your your base complaints with this with this structure in this pilot. It's just it's it's because they're trying to like draw in like the people who had obviously like watched the film. And you have to like you're using the same characters and so you're having to set like this groundwork and just like get all of like the major beats out of the way. But it seems even knowing like the plot of the film, having seen it a bunch when I was a kid and I'll talk about how inappropriate that is later, (laughs) um, uh, just like it it seems like rushed and confusing and like eat. It just seems so it's 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 misogynistically touchy. It's racially touchy. It's just it's just really uncomfortable. But as I was explaining it to my wife when I was trying to tell her about it, I'm like, the only way I can say that it's it improves upon the film is that it's considerably less rapey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Which, and when that's like the highest compliment I'm granting something, that's really not the best thing. Well, you know, I guess I was just surprised at, like you said, how offensive it was, how offensive it would be to like a modern audience. So we have all these women. We have probably like eight women that are seen on screen. None of them are given names, but yet we focus on their breasts three to four separate times. Like, to, to the point where the little kid is, like, literally two inches from her boobs, like, talking to them. <laughs> there might as well just be signs, like an applause sign that just says, like, <laughs> boob joke. It's, like, it's ridiculous how how little depth any of these women have. And the only one they give, like, real lines to, she, of course she has to be a bitch. Like, she can't, they don't introduce right. any... They don't introduce any of the cheerleaders to be to be kind of charitable to the cause of the nerds, right? So they're all painted as these evil jersey chasers, basically. Uh, girls that are having sex with the football players, basically. So we have that, and then we have the more troubling narrative, in my mind, which is the black fraternity thing. So <laughs> we have four white dudes, four probably privileged white dudes, who cannot get into any fraternity. So to make up for it, they go to probably the only black fraternity on campus and demand entry. Not only do they demand entry, they threaten to sue the um, heads of the fraternity if they are not let in. Probably a fraternity that focuses on black values on that campus. This is definitely a pilot made by white men. Definitely. Yeah, just like the movie. I mean, it's um, the 80s were that, you know, Hollywood is usually pretty far ahead of society, like on social stuff. And you can see that the the 80s and into the early 90s were that last gasp of like over the top misogyny, over the top racism. Like it was I'm surprised they didn't say colored in this pilot. It's that level of like 
racial insensitivity that really was the norm and nobody challenged it because this was mainstream. Like this was what we were being presented. Even me, like I, I remember stuff like this, nobody batting an eye. You're just like, that's funny because it's on TV. You know, you don't like think to question it, especially when you're 10 and watching it when you shouldn't be, you know, but. Maybe the place for you is the National Engineering Fraternity, the GEKs. The geeks sent us over here, sir. <laughs> the geeks wouldn't take you. Think about it. Not so fast, Mr. Turner. These are your fraternity bylaws, are they not? Well, they... Uh... Just answer the question. Yes. Thank you. Now, according to Section 4, any group of students in good standing at an accredited college must be given a 60-day trial membership as a new chapter. Or would you rather be on the receiving end of a massive class action discrimination lawsuit? Let me see. And let's just add on that the white athletes also throw a brick through the black fraternity's window. Two of two them. Bricks. <laughs> two bricks. Two bricks. Two bricks. So, yeah, great joke with the two bricks. So there's, like, legitimate... Like, and we don't usually, like, harp on this too much, but there's, like, legitimate no. troubling things going on in this pilot and in the writing but you're that, like, laughing bothered so like, me okay <laughs> yeah. i don't think i ever laughed so I mean, yeah well, no like, yeah but that was i'm sure that's what they said in the right, room of right. executive assholes that greenlit this thing like if you know kenny powers and eastbound and down is more woke and uh <laughs> and just more aware of you know how these jokes are going to be taken and kind of what surroundings they're going to be presented in then your show then that's probably an issue like uh, Kenny, like uh, Eastbound and Down is supposed to be offensive. This show is just offensive because it doesn't know what the fuck it's talking about. Right. It's That's just really lazy. <laughs> Nick, lazy. Well, it was a... confusing. You're right about that. Well, they're going... I still go ahead. I I still like don't understand quite how they defeated the jocks at the end. I yeah, they had that no idea. Machine. What was and I'm that? Like, where did that come from? Okay. And... In in my notes I put okay, so how does the machine work? Did they implant something into the athlete's skin that made their body convulse? How how does this machine work? When do they have to put something on them or is it like waves that knock somebody down I think it's like, sound waves that make your muscles like you have no control over your body that's what i gathered from it but again they give you no explanation i think i think they have like kind of a device like that has anybody here seen kick-ass 2 no no, no. okay don't see it first of all but i think she has like <laughs> she has like a little sound wave machine that makes people shit their pants and I guess that's kind of like along the same lines here, but yeah, I have no idea like what the logic um, or mechanics behind that device were. I also like how the football team was hanging out in the bookstore in full uniform for some reason. They're getting their pictures <laughs> taken, dog. Oh, I missed that detail. Sorry. <laughs> They're all there to get their pictures taken in the second of three sets the show had. I was trying to follow the um, Cohen brothers like plot sequencing, so I couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't really <laughs> grasp every detail with one viewing. Nick, what else do you got that you wanted to bring up? Any other, um, anything that offended you? Any jokes that you didn't, that just didn't land? <laughs> like, like that's all, all I get out of this episode are things that offend me and jokes that don't land at all. It's, it's not even like a, a joke thing. It's more the fact that just watching it, it just seems grimy, mm. for lack yes. of a better term. Like, the sets just look 
cheap. It looks like it was shot where they couldn't quite afford to turn on all of the lights and everybody seemed to have learned their lines like the day before. And also the dude who played Booger, I I just a disgusting human. Just a, worst the, casting that, maybe in television history is what I wrote in my <laughs> notes. Like I can't think of a worse person just on a visceral level to look at in a television show. He is repulsive. Not even his looks. Like, I mean, whatever. People look how they look. I'm not trying to knock, like, the shit that the man can't help. But why the fuck was, like, 75% of the male cast in this show balding? Like, did you not cast for college? Like, well, the, the thing, Well, and the thing is, like, everybody else kind of looked like they're movie counterparts they're yeah yeah yeah. but like rob garrow looks kind of like robert carradine or at least enough but like i'm like what was curtis armstrong doing like i'm sure he was available (laughs) like i'm not trying i'm not trying to be like down on him or anything but like i was looking on wikipedia and it wasn't like he was in the middle of shooting a big movie at the time i'm sure they probably could have gotten him well the guy who played booger in this most definitely voiced michelangelo in the those teenage in in the teenage mutant ninja turtle suit movies like where the dudes are wearing the suits like uh, yeah, like when, when he yells um, in this show or when he like really speaks loud, you can definitely tell that it's... He like, does, that's on his IMDb. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely that voice. Um, I'll just I'll just start bringing up some random stuff. So, <laughs> okay, so 12 minutes in, I just noticed that in 12 minutes we get all of this plot development. We have, they arrive at school. We have them moving entirely into their dorm room. We have them moving entirely out of their dorm room. We have them pledging a fraternity. We have them not getting into the fraternity. We have them getting tarred and feathered, which is really hardcore for a fraternity prank. And by minute 12, they are joining another fraternity. That's all in 12 minutes. That's all in half an episode. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, for such a piece (laughs) of shit, like, they really should have, you know, and lucky for them, I guess, lucky for us they had to condense it all into one episode but in a real tv show those each would have maybe been an episode like this one this week they pledge a frat you know like they tried to cram so much into something that already was pretty thin premise to begin with i think did you guys also notice that the studio audience was very (laughs) it just seemed like they were very unenthusiastic and i don't really like usually notice stuff like that but it seemed like they were kind of late on some of the laughs and like they just didn't seem really into it did they no no i i I was kind of surprised i was like oh you know this is something that's been around for you know decades that you figured they would have punched it up at some point but it somehow got worse "Ah, fuck it well and then at the end it's like this huge gigantic applause for when they like shock the jocks to injury i would assume because that seems like it would hurt (laughs) and then like you get this huge applause and obviously that was whoever was guiding them like really trying to hype them up and then they dance around the black ra who's like 50 and who is an ra for some reason yeah yeah and then they have this big momentous moment and this big clap and then there's another scene after that it's like they have this weird extra scene at the end where booger sexually harasses all those girls yeah, I couldn't quite yeah. understand that. Like, I was like, why do we need a stinger? Like, 
we don't need a stinger. And it wasn't even like the stinger was like with the credits like they, did, they used to do on like The Office or Parks or whatever or Community. It was like the stinger, then another commercial break, then the terrible CGI pocket protector credits, which were really, really bad. Let's just let's let's do some more random notes. Uh, Nick, what else did you have that you want to talk about? I didn't understand why <laughs> like okay i didn't understand a, a lot of it but it just seems like by doing the show the way they did it it seems like they used all of the most boring parts of the movie and none of like the like the crazy best parts i, I don't know like it was the, the whole thing is just a it's very much a, a pale imitation of the film, but yet by, I don't know, yet managing to be simultaneously more offensive and less offensive than the movie itself. Like the movie okay. has like some really troubling, like gender issues and it's definitely super rapey. Um, like, uh, uh, my friends do a podcast called the nerds of nostalgia and they like to talk about the idea in eighties things as just, there's that concept of shenanigans where, you know, it's like everybody does wacky stuff and it's hilarious. And then you watch it, you know, through modern eyes and you're like, Oh, that's like robbery, assault, <laughs> sexual yeah, assault. Yeah. All this shit is not, it would not fly. And yet like, for whatever reason, like they managed to make this pilot in 22 minutes way more racially problematic than in the the movie. Because in the movie, it's like they just like that's the one like people they don't send uh, like a photo to, and so that's why the trilams are just like, well, we'll let you in because we're required to, and they kind of take pity on them rather than it being, like, the white kids bullying the black guys. Oh, so they go into a black fraternity in the movie, too. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, no, I the, again, I had no idea. I've never seen it. This, this no, no, is great. No, like, yeah, in the movie, like, the Trilams are also a traditionally black fraternity, but they just, like, basically sent their photos everywhere. They sent applications to every fraternity organization. And in the movie, that they just happen, the Trilams happen to be the ones that they don't send like a group photo to and so that's how they get in so and they get in on a technicality yeah they get in on the technicality not based on bullying do do the do the whites threaten to sue the blacks if they're not included in the movie they as do, well? like, <laughs> the trilams actually tell tell them it's like oh we have to let you in because it's in our bylaws and we they kind of feel sorry for them hmm. i think the movie does a better job with race and the tv show did a slightly better job they do a terrible job at both but the tv show did a worse job at gender hmm. well they're both what am i trying to say the tv show did a worse job at race <laughs> but better at gender <laughs> Yeah, maybe just barely because you can't because they kind of ignore assault in a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Grimes what are some other random notes you got any 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 lines anything else that you wanted to point out well like we kind of touched on before it's always a bad sign when you can't get one original cast member to come to the TV <laughs> adaptation especially like one of the shittier ones like I remember clueless they got the like, one of the off girls that had a few lines in the movie oh Stacy Dash um yeah oh they got stacy dash for the tv show yeah yeah i stand corrected then i thought it was only amber but in any case like 
that's a get, but they couldn't get any of those nerds. Like, none of those guys could do this. That was always weird. But, you know, what's with TV shows and grunting? I noticed a shitload of, like, the jocks. <laughs> like, this is how Hollywood executives see us. Like, we get it. That's how we talk. Like, the drunk guys grunt. Oh, okay, I understand that. That's my world. <laughs> Like, it's, this is offensive, I mean, beyond the racial and gender obvious, like, in-your-face not giving a fuck. It's offensive as a viewer, you know, especially through modern eyes with television we have now. Like, this is what we were being served up. This was probably on a given a primetime slot around some other shitty Fox show that was a hit, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's insane to me that not only is it so offensive on these, on the surface, but... Just as a viewer, I'm like, God damn, can you give these guys like words besides ugh and just like Igor or whatever his name is. Yeah, Ogre. Oh, Ogre is played like Frankenstein's monster. Like he can't speak. He is like Right, like this was nineteen ninety one. It wasn't nineteen (laughs) fifty one. Like television had been around for forty years. And I bet by episode three he speaks and he's really smart. Like he's actually kind of like a closet nerd who's also good at football. Like that's the arc I would see. Or they do an episode where he drinks a potion and becomes a nerd, and then one of the nerds like becomes a football guy. Like, you know. I, I think we should pitch more episodes of this. Oh, you know, before we say that there isn't any rapey stuff in this, there are a couple lines, such as this exchange. I'm going to need a blowtorch to get my butt cheeks apart. Followed by... Oh, oh no! Followed by, they were nice enough to leave our underwear on. <laughs> the, the, those are two back-to-back lines that... I was like, you know, that's just, it's a little strange. You know, it's just uh, a tiny bit strange. During the, during that particular sequence in the film, it's implied that they are made to fuck sheep. Mm. Yes, I recall this now that you mention it. And I think, like, of everything in that movie, like, that's like a throwaway gag, and it's the one that, it's one of those movies I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it since I was 15. I'll, I'll see if it's any good 20 years later. And going back and rewatching it and seeing that scene, like, wait, this was a major motion picture and they're making <laughs> like fucking j- like that's that's uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable. Else. And, you know, it's just like Clerks, just like what we, what we talked about when we talked about Clerks was they are taking the title. They are taking the overall premise, and they are stripping away all of what made it charming in its day. Yep. And they are presenting this, like neutered. I, I don't. I guess I don't want to see like Revenge of the Nerds unneutered because it seems like it had un- offensive tones, you know. And it would probably just be jacked up to eleven. But and speaking of that, was Revenge of the Nerds rated R or was that or was it? I don't PG-13? remember. I saw it on HBO. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was R. Yeah, yeah. Must okay. have been R. I mean, if they're talking about fucking sheep, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of nudity, and I'm sure there's like breasts and panty raids and all that '80s trope shit that was in all those yeah. well, shit pile the, movies. The deluxe edition of the Blu-ray is called the Panty Raid Edition. Oh my oh, yeah. god! <laughs> I can't believe that phrase is even like a thing in my brain. Which, by the way, inc- thanks '80s includes this pilot. So they actually put, unlike the Clerks' 10-year anniversary, they actually put this pilot on the on that uh, deluxe edition Blu-ray. Who knows why or how, <laughs> but uh, they did. So, <clears throat> uh, one one joke I wanted to ask you ask you guys about because I just didn't understand it. 
was somebody said something about the governor of Arizona on Super Bowl Sunday. Did that oh, make sense yeah. to anybody? I want to say this was before this was back before Arizona had the like the big deal. Like that's like what uh, Public Enemies by the time I get to Arizona is about uh, is because gotcha. Arizona was the one state that wouldn't. <clears throat> sorry was the one state that wouldn't make Martin Luther King Day a state, like, recognize it as a federal holiday. Mm, gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, the, the Super like, Bowl Sunday thing seems like white people watch football, maybe? I didn't get maybe? that reference, um, but I got the reference of Arizona just being a racist hellhole. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And it, I guess it still is. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Oh, there's lots of jokes about the frat guys being dogs, like... He sniffs them. He, you know, like, I can't remember what else he does, but there's like four or five jokes about them being a dog. Like, we get it. Like, he says they're fuzzy at one point. Um, I, I'm sure, oh, neutered, caged. Like, it was like, just pound it into our brain. Because that one scene where Gilbert and, um, what's the other guy, Lewis, are in their room at the start, they don't change sets for like five, six minutes. Like, they're in their room, <laughs> the jocks come in, they have that huge like conversation before and before that booger and Worsum is that his name Worsum Wormser Wormser uh, they're already in there because they already have that introduction so there's six characters a six character set piece where they like throw them out the window and make fun of them it's like a five to six minute like huge scene that just drags on so so long and there's nothing funny about it. This this pilot fucking sucks, guys. It's the you know, worst. Yeah, I, I just. They they actually yell revenge at one point as a group, and it was really early on in the episode. Yeah. And I, I I audibly like sighed to myself. I was just <laughs> like, they have you know that's like when a band says their band name in a song. Never like, good. Never good. <laughs> and I, I just I don't know. I don't want to wrap it up or anything. I don't have too much more to say about the pilot itself. But or or like when a movie says the title of the movie in the trailer. Yeah. Like they said it, like Suicide Squad. Yes, they said Suicide Squad. Or some for sure. kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> wink, wink. You know, I had the titular line in Suicide Squad. Um, uh, yeah, it's during right. the. <clears throat> sorry, during the theme song, I just remember they repeat the phrase "Get ready for the nerd attack," and I thought that was some good, <laughs> some good foreshadowing. I mean, we're three dudes currently recording a podcast about pilot episodes of obscure television shows so the nerd attack like is real and it i thought of chris hardwick for most of this i thought like this was his time and he this is like the development of the uber nerd like that this is what has come to fruition i think well revenge of the nerds on its own is is a film i'm guessing about the nerds overcoming the jocks and getting the girl and becoming higher level individuals and i mean we've seen that development over the years to where nerdiness is to where nerdiness is cool now and where like girls are wearing black room glasses and where you know people are like going to comic-con and going to all these separate cons and like nerd nerdiness has become cool for a variety of reasons i don't i don't know why but um, I, I assume. But is it then real nerdiness? Like, is Chris Hardwick a nerd? He's a fucking handsome multimillionaire. <laughs> like, yeah, I, no, I, I know. Like, book. he used to be fat. That's <laughs> all right. According to yeah. every podcast he's ever recorded, 
he used to drink and be fat, just in case you didn't yeah. pick up on those themes. But. Yeah, he definitely used to be both of those. And um, it's, it, like, grew up in bowling alleys playing fucking Pac-Man on the machine. Okay, like, I, and I, you know, whatever. I, I think there's still, like, the core nerds, but we have to, like, make this, like, separate category of people that just like comic book movies. Like, comic book movies right, that doesn't are make really you a good now. <laughs> You're just, that's not you just, a nerd. Yeah, you just like entertainment. I think that's, right. like, you the like, thing. What choice do you have but to watch comic? If you want to go to the movies, it's that or like some rom com, right? I mean, what else yeah. is there? Not much. Okay, so there's also another line. Um, Nick, did you have anything to say about nerddom? Just oh, a rant uh, about nerds. <laughs> oh no, the whole like the whole thing. Like uh, I was walking around. Uh, I went for a walk with my wife last night. We were talking about it, and like the whole like concept of a lot of these like movies and shows seems to be like the concept of the revenge of the nerds is more that it's what it, it, it pretty much boils down to is they don't win by being nerds. They win by being just as big of assholes as the right. jocks were. It's right. it's they're just like. Hey, we can do this just as, we can be just as shitty human beings as you guys are. Yeah. Smart and not hard. Think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the thing. It's like they don't win by being nerdy. It's they defeat them by being mean individuals and physically harming the people that physically right. harm them. Like they don't outsmart them in any way. They just use like a torture device. Like, right. yeah, you you could go and you could capture them and waterboard the football players, but I don't know if that would make you any better of, like, individuals. Yay, nerds! <laughs> yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Oh, there's one more line. Okay, there's a couple more lines. Actually, it's just a place to hang my nipples when they talk oh. about his chest. That is disgusting in every way. And there was one more that was also disgusting and not funny, and now I can't seem to find it. Um, the blow towards your butt cheeks, not that one. Uh, yeah, I, I guess pretty we'll... girls with perky breasts. He that's that's that. the one I was looking for. That's the one I was looking for. Yeah, the pretty girls with perky breasts. That's not weird. You just at can't all. say like if you said that now at work or in school or on TV, you'd be done. That would be the last thing you said. <laughs> there is one joke in this episode about weapons of mass destruction, and yes. the crowd laughs nervously. Like, foreshadowing it's, it's a very very nervous laugh like they know they have to laugh but they're like oh that was like really <laughs> that was kind of dark <laughs> so yeah and the line my main nerds spoken by the black guy is also... then they all shout yes and do that circle dance that they do a couple times yeah, throughout yeah. the show now i think i read is original movie footage used in this pilot like, uh yeah they use like exterior shots right of the college yeah okay cool um so rob stone he played lewis he was also in mr Mr. belvedere for a while he stopped working around 1993 though the guy's name uh lightfield lewis aka gilbert did some bit parts on things grant gelt aka wormser i think i mispronounced that again i don't give a shit wasn't no, that's right okay it wasn't sandlot as um bertram grover weeks and then, oh. like in the end when oh wow yeah when the fast kid is talking about what happened to all of them he says bertram got really into the 60s and no one ever saw him again <laughs> yeah that looks about right based on how he looked in college yeah so apparently in the sandlot that kid becomes like a drug addict um robbie wrist booger he does voices for a bunch of stuff as you would have guessed he has that distinct the voice transformers um teenage mutant ninja turtles shows but not michelangelo and naruto and uh todd channing the jock 
His name is Sean Cannon. He has had a long career, and mostly he's had a long career in uh, soap operas, like Young, nice. and the, Young and the Restless, General mm-hmm. Hospital, and currently The Bold and the Beautiful. So still, there we go. Wow. Yeah, yeah, still. Getting paid, getting paid. Getting paid. Um, so, yeah, like we said, number three and four of the movie series were for TV. So this isn't this wasn't the last time Revenge of the Nerds came to TV. Uh, Fox pulled this after one episode because the reviews were terrible, I guess. Mm. I, I tried to find the reviews. I could not locate any. If any of our <laughs> listeners find one, that would be great. I'd love to read how they just destroyed this show in every way. Um, it's, it's, it had to be pretty bad that Fox put it on air and then took it off so quick. Like you, you don't see that often now. No, no. It's more they of They were like, right though. They yeah. were right. <laughs> oh, they were. Oh yeah. Just think Ferris Bueller got an entire first season and this only got one episode. That's how, that's the quality drop we're looking at here. Okay. So, um, anything else or you think we're, do you think we're good to move past this experience? I would certainly like to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've tried really hard to think of anything worse on television I've ever seen, and I'm drawing a blank. Let's uh, let's end on a positive note. Let's all bring up. Um, let's all name one show that we're watching currently that we're actually enjoying and that we can recommend to people. Nick, start us off. Uh, I actually, after we get done recording this, we'll be watching the season finale of Preacher finally, and oh, I cool. have. I have actually enjoyed it. Like, if you, like, just view it, not with any connection to the comic series and how it's different and all of that, it's fantastic. It's, like, entertaining and weird and violent as fuck. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I watched the pilot because it was free on uh, Amazon Prime. But I'm sure if it, hopefully it will come to Amazon Prime or Netflix or something and I can just binge it, but... I don't have AMC right now, so I'm kind of kind of shit out of luck. Grimes, what is your um, <clears throat> what's your recommended show? All right, well, I recently started Shameless U.S. version oh. because I love William H Macy. I remember hearing good things about it. I'm like five or six episodes in. Um, I I don't know what to think yet. Speaking of soundtracks, I mean the music I think is way better than the show, <laughs> but. Um, If you want to see Emmy Rossum naked, you get to many times. Sometimes I think that's what the show's about. I'm not, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sticking with it because I'm bored as hell and it's funny enough. It's kind of like a dramatic, it's always sunny, I guess, to draw a simple comparison. Okay. But if you're bored, it's on Netflix, uh, both versions, I think, US and wherever it was from. All right, and uh, my recommendation, no naked Emmy Rossum in this show, but uh, it's called Halt and Catch Fire. It is an, an also, it's also an AMC show. I never, I've never seen it before, before this weekend. I started it on Friday, binged the entire first season on Saturday. It was so, so enthralling. I don't know if it's objectively great, like the other AMC dramas, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, but <clears throat> if we're ranking them, it would certainly sit in that number three spot in terms of AMC history. Uh, I cool. think it's it was very entertaining. It's about computer um, computers in the 80s, and so they really lean heavily into that 80s setting, and they are competing against IBM and eventually Apple and all that stuff. And season two, which I just started, um, apparently is like a lot lot better than season one because they kind of switch focuses and um, switch who the lead characters are. So I'm I'm one episode deep in that and it was already a big improvement. So it's already good in season one and then you get kind of the reward of entering into like a better ball game 
once you get to season nice. two. So that, those are both on Netflix. Um, Grimes, your show is on Netflix, right? Yep. And Preacher is currently on AMC. Again, I think you can still stream that um, that pilot at least for free, so you can give it a test and see if you want to purchase it. All right, this has been Pilot Study, episode number 29. Nick, um, any last plugs? And, of course, a big thanks to you for guesting on our last two episodes. Yes, thanks. It was fun. Oh, Once again. This has been so much fun. Thanks, you guys. Uh, you can find From and Inspired By at fromaninspiredby.com, and you can find everything I write at rockstarjournalist.com. And you can email me there and hire me and give me work, which would be <laughs> nice. Grimes, what are you, what's your uh, Twitter again? It's underscore Grimes John. Um, are are you that's... are you done being mad on Twitter or are you just? Still... Oh yeah, man. I know it gets pretty <laughs> rough sometimes. A lot of times I'm at work and I just fucking am so angry and hateful during those eight hours. Mm. Um, but you know, I'll try to be funny again someday. This is my assignment for your Twitter. I want you to bring your your trademark um, vitriol to the Ryan Lochte saga. Oh, God. Because I, kn- I know you have <laughs> strong him. feelings about that. All right, let's wrap up Pilot <laughs> Study episode number 29. This has been episode two of our Unaired Month, and we will return next week with discussion on a show yet to be revealed. But we will have guest Alan Miller of the Vinyl Crawl podcast and Modern Vinyl. And we will also be playing a clip right now of that mystery show. So thank you guys very much. Can you try turning it off and on again? <laughs> Okay, well, the button on the side, is it glowing? Yeah, we're going to need to turn it on. Well, you just press it. You, you press the button. You press it in. All right, all right. Let's start from the beginning. Do you have fingers? And that's the premise behind Pilot Study.